good old something really stinking here, Lincoln O'Reilly. You can take a Cowboy linebacker and get better. You can take a Sooner quarterback and win a Heisman, dress it on up with lipstick. You can even have a fingernail painting party with your star quarterback. But at the end of the day, you're still putting lipstick on a pig. You are Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, y'all, and hello, all. Welcome back to Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily stop for all things cowboy and cowgirl-related. My name is Cody Stovall. I want to thank you very much for stopping by to make this your first listen here on Locked On Oklahoma State. We are available on every single podcasting platform as well as visually on YouTube. You can find me on Twitter at AllDayOState. Yes, it's a it's a day where OU fans can um, kind of have something in common with us. I don't necessarily want to jump way out in the life raft and say that they they came in like a thief in the night to steal Mason Cobb away from Oklahoma State. I'm not saying that at all. But what I am willing to say is, if you saw recently there was something put out that pegged at USC as the number two linebacker room in all of the Pac-12. Again, winning the Pac-12 is like winning the world's tallest midget award. I'm not exactly sure what that means, what that matters. So if you're going for like a numbers game, then sure, yeah, you're going to get a boost. So if that's kind of what the idea was, make some money, get a boost in stats, then sure, things are going to be accomplished in regards to Mason Cobb's departure of Oklahoma State going to USC. But at the end of the day, I think that Oklahoma State may be, I don't, I don't want to say in a better position, but with, with the new defense and the way that things are being orchestrated right now and the emergence of somebody like the Colin Oliver going to the linebacker room, if you're going to talk about the linebackers at Oklahoma State, one of the things that we do have to bring up here is the fact that Mason Cobb said that he left because, you know, there was no competition. There was nobody pushing him to be better. So I feel like something like that is definitely going to be bulletin board material for somebody like an Xavier Benson. But even before that comment was said, Xavier Benson had already decided that he was just going to take a leadership role this year. He was going to be more involved with the day-to-day of what all the linebackers were doing, not just the linebackers, but the entire group on the defensive side of the ball. But yeah, we are replacing his 58 solo tackles, his 96 combined tackles last season, which is not going to be easy. But Justin Wright, the last two years at Tulsa, has had over 220-some-odd tackles. It's Tulsa. I get it. But at the same time, if we know that Justin Wright produces crazy numbers, and we also know that Tulsa's been able to put some guys in the NFL recently, especially on the defensive side of the ball, then shouldn't we also know that statistics, lives, still matter? Am I saying Justin Wright's going to be the world-beating best linebacker in the history of Oklahoma State or this year? No, I'm not. Am I saying that Xavier Benson is going to completely rewrite all of the, the history books? No, I'm not. Am I saying that Colin Oliver is better than Mason Cobb, though? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, think, I think I am. I think I'm okay with that. If this is a scenario where you're just talking about um, losing Mason Cobb, bringing in Justin Wright, not getting any advancement out of Xavier Benson, not getting any of the advancement out of Nicholas Martin in, in a backup role, then okay. 
But that is the conversation. The conversation is that we have Colin Oliver at linebacker. The conversation is we bring in Justin Wright, who's had over 100 tackles two years in a row, and it's pretty hard to replicate stats. And then you you take into consideration what Xavier Benson has been. Last year, he was a little bit of a liability. He was. But and having conversations with him and, and being on the show, like we've been able to kind of hammer some things away. And one of the things I will say is last season, Mason Cobb, for as good as he was, as great as he was at times, sometimes he wasn't the most uh, gap-responsible individual. So simplicity has been, you know, kind of the calling card coming into this season. And simplistically, I am saying that we're going to have guys that replicate that level of success. Now, with the new clock rules and the amount of snaps that the defense is going to get, especially if your offense is able to control the game, it is going to change some things. So from a numerical standpoint, maybe it'll all work out in the wash. But as far as productivity goes, right, this is about production. It's not just about stats. It's not just about numbers. If you're going to go to USC to be a launching pad to get to the NFL and you don't really care about the success of the team, then okay. Sure, you continue down the Lincoln Riley Road, and this is for everybody in the country. But this Oklahoma State defense, it appears to be significantly better than last year's. We're already significantly ahead of where we were last year. And who was the leader of the linebacker core last year? Right? What wasn't it? Wasn't it basically Mason Cobb? So I'm just saying, sometimes the band can get better with a better band director. I don't know that that's the case, but I feel pretty confident in saying that Colin Oliver is a very, very adequate replacement for Mason Cobb, if not an upgrade. And then on the flip side of it, I could then say that Xavier Benson, if if he can take the athleticism that he's always had, that he displayed at Texas Tech, and then add some some maturity, some mental maturity in, in the makeup to get everybody rocking and rolling. Guys, Justin Wright doesn't need a whole heck of a lot of direction. Justin Wright is a tried-and-true Division One linebacker all day, every day. Justin Wright is a potential NFL linebacker. So what he's asked to do is probably going to play a bigger significance than what Mason Cobb was able to produce at Oklahoma State this prior season. You know, another thing Mason Cobb said right left was, you know, it's not really the right track to get to the NFL. Yet, Amen Abangamiga and Malcolm Rodriguez and Devin Harper don't seem to have those problems. I mean, I'm a big, I'm a big believer in Mason. But I'm also a realist, and I realize that the defense that you're seeing right now, this spring, this fall, is literally light years in a different galaxy compared to last year's defense. It's just, it is what it is. So, so instead of needing an All-American hero to run around and quote-unquote save the day, which is precisely what we kind of got out of Mason Cobb last year, and we did need that at, at, at a lot of times. So I'm not, I'm not faulting him for what he felt like he needed to do. But clearly, uh, Coach Derek Mason wasn't exactly, I don't know, up to speed on overarching discipline. You know what I mean? Like, Brian Nardo's system is simple if you do the right thing. 
we don't do the right thing, then you make it more complex. You make it unnecessarily difficult. And that is one of the biggest differences between last year and this year. The responsibilities of the defensive players, especially the guys in the, in the back half, are a lot easier to understand. They're a lot easier to dissect. And typically, not always, but typically, if you can dissect something faster, you're going to be able to uh, apply more of your weight behind it, right? Apply more of your, your speed. The, the whole concept of I'd rather you make a mistake at a thousand miles an hour than do everything perfect at 70%. That I think is an equal conversation. So at the end of the year, it will be interesting because if you're talking about results between Oklahoma state and USC, if we have the same record, we've already won because we play in a real conference. Like I can't for the life of me, other than it's the last year ever of the Pac-12, I can't for the life of me find a way to justify, um, you know, the the love for wanting to watch the Pac-12 this year, which we will get into in the third segment a, li- a little bit more. Second segment, guys, we got to talk about this Victor Hovland championship. He continues to climb. He continues to soar. And it does beg the question, does Victor Hovland overtake, or has he already overtaken? Ricky Fowler is kind of the most popular golfer that, that we have um, that re- represents Oklahoma State proudly. But before we do, I do have to let the fine people out here to know today we are brought to you by LinkedIn Talent Solutions. So LinkedIn Jobs is going to help you find the right people for your team faster, and you get to post it for free. When you want to be 100% certain that you're going to get the best qualified candidates, LinkedIn is the bee's knees and rated number one by small businesses and delivering quality hires versus all of the leading competitors. Use all the simple tools like screening questions. Make it super easy for you to focus on the right candidates with the right skills and the right level of experience so you can quickly prioritize who you would like to interview. Get yourself squared away with the best people around to help you find the best people for you, go to linkedin.com slash locked on college right now because LinkedIn jobs is going to help you find that right candidate and you can post your job for free again at linkedin.com slash locked on college. Again, that is linkedin.com slash locked on college to get on there now, post your job for free terms and conditions do apply. All right. So Victor Hovland recently not only was able to win Right, he was not only able to win the title for the BMW Championship, but he was also able to break the course record, scoring a 61 on the final round. And for those out there that aren't big into golf, and I understand to some degree, but we're talking about Oklahoma State, and we're talking about national championships, right? Wrestling, it's kind of weird to see the little bit of a downturn we've we've had in wrestling. Likewise for golf, guys. Alan Bratton hasn't been getting it done. And, and I know that he's going to be riding the wave of some of the, the recency. And Victor Hovland is a perfect example of that. With Victor Hovland, with Matt Wolf, we were able to do some stuff. We were able to bring home another title. I guess that does buy some time. But as an Oklahoma State fan, even if you don't watch the matches, you don't have no idea really what's going on, you don't even know who the golfers are, at the end of the day, winning does matter. Uh, being on top of that pedestal, being on top of that platform, it 100% matters. 
and you don't have to be a golf fan to know that it's good for Oklahoma State to have Oklahoma State golfers in the top of the ranks. So to have a Victor Hovland doing this is phenomenal. Nothing short of amazing. But we also got to talk about Ricky. Guys, Ricky Fowler has had a reemergence. He was the hottest thing in the very beginning. Um, he did a lot of the, the Red Bull stuff. And then he just kept coming up really, really, really close to majors, but never quite getting them. Victor Hovland still got a lot of work to put in. This is pretty reminiscent of what Ricky was able to do pretty early on. Ricky Fowler took the golf world by storm. And Ricky Fowler, after, you know, he tried to find his groove, right? He worked on some family life stuff. Can't blame him from that, right? And he focused on marketing, advertising, dollar-dollar bills. You can't exactly fault him for that. I mean, all of us, for the most part, clock in, go to work for money, right? There's an, an incentive to, to get it squared away, but he's kind of back on track. I, I expect Ricky to be able to turn it around, not only the end of this year, next year. I expect him to be able to be on the Ryder Cup. Obviously, he'll be competing against Victor Hovland um, in, in some of these tournaments. But it's not just the PGA Tour. I wish it was, all right? Um, but Matt Wolf's doing pretty good. Alex Noren's doing pretty good. Taylor Gooch has been absolutely dominating and is up for player of the year on the LIV tour. But Charles the third brings back uh, a lot of memories for, for Cowboy Faithful. And Alan Bratton has done a lot of cool stuff. But in today's NIL transfer style of, of era. I just don't, I don't think that you can afford to become complacent. And I'm not saying that Chad Weiberg is being complacent by allowing Alan Bratton to continue to do the thing. And I understand Alan Bratton was also a women's golf coach. Alan Bratton has been a part of a lot of success. So Alan Bratton should be the guy that kind of, you know, kicks us back in, into that next year. But if, if you're not moving forward, then you know, what do you do? What do you do? Because it's a perfect time to capitalize. You got to ride the high of what Victor Hovland's doing. We can ride the high of what Taylor Gooch is doing. You can ride the high of the reemergence of Ricky Fowler. You can ride the high of some of the great stuff that Matt Wolf's done, that Alex Noren's done, Charles Howell III's done. And here we are sitting in 11 national titles. But it does beg the question, are we going to get another one? Does the new Big 12 add another layer of difficulty in the recruiting game? I mean, I, I'm not a, a savant or a golf expert by any stretch of the imagination. I love the game. I'm not very good at it. But, you know, there's a stretch where I was playing on a every month basis. And, and I absolutely loved it. I got all my Ricky gear. And speaking of, Ricky, guys, the all-orange on Sundays, people have told him to stop doing that for years, right? Because he has he has lost some big-time tournaments on Sundays while leading going into the Sunday. But he's also won quite a bit wearing orange. He's, he's also won quite a few big moments in his life rocking the orange and black. So as much as we love the rise that Victor Hovland is having right now, Nobody, nobody 
represents Oklahoma State golf better than Ricky. So it's not a Victor Hovland versus Ricky scenario as a Cowboy fan. We should be all riding this wave together. We should be talking about, yeah, of course, Oklahoma State's going to be in the conversation for another national title. But are we? Not not, not from what I've seen. And a couple of years ago, well, not even a year and a half ago, we had uh, we had some transfers go out. And you know, from an international perspective, Oklahoma State's always been very good on the international stage about getting golfers in. But if you want to continue that trend and you want to continue to get the Victor Hovlands of the world, we got to crank this thing up a notch. We got to make sure that we're putting ourselves in a position. Winning Big 12 titles, it, it, I mean, it's all right. It is. The way we see it in wrestling, we win Big 12 titles all the time in wrestling, and it doesn't, it doesn't mean as much anymore. You expect even a bad wrestling team to win the Big 12 title. Like how, I, I don't know. That's just not good. But you expect a, a, a not very good Oklahoma State team to still win the Big 12 title. And then you can go to the national championships and get drug on your on your faces. We've seen the last two years now. So the expectations need to rise along with what is acceptable, right? And let's face it, the metrics for acceptability in wrestling and golf are different, as they should be. Mike Gundy has raised the bar. For football, so expectations need to rise with it. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. Same same can be said for all sports. Not that the that Learfield Directors Cup is the end all be all, because look at the precarious situation that Stanford's in right now. But y'all tell me, do you think that we can get back on track and golf hopefully fairly quickly? Um, let me know down in the comments. Obviously, like it if you like it, uh, dislike it if you don't. Share, uh, subscribe, all of that fun jazz. Road, the road to 2000 uh, by December has officially started now. All right, so now let's let's kick in to segment number three. And no, I'm not about to make a big old argument or even a, a fuss or a stink that Oklahoma State des- deserves to have a quarterback in the top ten quarterbacks in the country. Okay, this is just one list, but. The college football blue bloods put out their top 10 quarterbacks list. And then I thought it was pretty interesting. So I kind of wanted to, to go over a little bit here. They have JJ McCarthy as number one. If that's the case, then I think that may help Alan Bowman, right? It's not like he was a complete slouch at Michigan. And he also had a couple of injuries at Michigan as well that, that people don't exactly uh, bring up, but, if you're stuck behind J.J. McCarthy, it's the same concept as Elijah Collins being stuck behind Kenneth Walker. Sometimes somebody just comes in that is significantly ahead of the game. And J.J. McCarthy is their number one. I don't necessarily think that I, I, I would go for that. I don't like Caleb Williams, okay? Um, I, I like to throw shade when, when possible. I loved the 2021 Bedlam. Thank you, Caleb Williams, for that. That was beautiful. That was wonderful. But I do think that the Heisman winning quarterback with a pretty innovative coach should still be number one. So if you want to put J.J. McCarthy, too, I'm okay with that. But as much as I don't like Caleb Williams, I think he's probably the best quarterback, you know, at least coming in the season. If you want to put J.J. McCarthy 
Number two, that's fine. Drake May, quarterback out of North Carolina, being here at three, I think is a little much. He's a young cat. And obviously, Mac Brown has something to work with there. But this is pretty high. I don't believe in Washington this year. I think Washington's way, way, way overrated. But Michael Penix, who they have at four, is better than Drake May. Michael Penix should be ahead of him. Not for what he did at Indiana, but they did uh, lead the WAC Mountain West Pac-12 last year in a lot of offensive categories. I don't see that necessarily changing. But guys, the, the, the Pac-12 is it's ridiculous. That's why Jalen Daniels, who's number five on the list, this list, got out of it. Part of it could have been Herm Edwards and the debacle that was going on at Arizona State, maybe. But, you know, Brian Kelly caught a little bit of grief because he started the season not so hot, and you can't do that at LSU, especially coming from Notre Dame where you're trying to raise the profile, you're trying to do some, some bigger things. Uh, but, yeah, I'm okay with Jalen Daniels at five here. I think that's a pretty decent spot for him. I think LSU's going to have a pretty good season, and they're going to throw their hat in the ring and make things difficult on Alabama and Georgia, as they should. Uh, number six on this list, Bo Nix. You know, I liked Bo Nix at Auburn, um, but Bo Nix reminds me a lot of Spencer Sanders. He's a very good athlete. He can do a lot of things. He can win you a lot of games, but he's also – He's also going to be the culprit as to why you lose games. He's also going to lose you games that you should win. And, and that's that's the view I have on Bo Nix. If he wasn't at North Oregon, I don't think he'd be that high on this list. I really don't. If he was still at Auburn, I don't even think he's on this list. Which, So, again, there's some pageantry. There's some fluff. There's some bull honky that goes into some of this. And I get it. Um, just like number seven on their list, Jordan Travis out of Florida State. I view it somewhat like the Pac-12 scenario. Like whenever you're playing some of the bottom half teams in the ACC, you should win. You should put up big yards. You should have good stats. And he did. So I just, I don't, I don't buy it. Uh, I think he's a good athlete. I think he's a very talented individual. Uh, I, I just don't know that I put him uh, top top ten in the country. Number eight on this list. Oh, geez, uh, Spencer Rattler. That's just that's I don't know. That's dumb. That's dumb. He's got talent. He's got ability, but he's a massive asshat. Like that's just. I'm sorry. That's what, that's what he is. Anybody that is looking. For Spencer Rattler to be a leader, it ain't going to happen. Anybody in that locker room that's looking for the, the mature, the grown-up version of Spencer Rattler, it ain't coming. He is who we thought he was. He is the kid that we saw in the QB1 Beyond the Lights thingy. That's, that's him. Now, I do think there was a lot of nefarious activities going on before Caleb Williams was given a job at OU over Spencer Rattler. Uh, I think there's a lot of politics. I think there was a lot of positioning for that. I don't think he should have necessarily been been yanked as the guy. Again, I think that was a super sketchy doing something like a stinky thief in the night, Lincoln Riley. But again, that's OU's mantra. Like I'm not I'm not talking crap. What is a sooner? A sooner is somebody who is um, sooner than legally allowed to be there. That's, that's what it is. They celebrate it. They promote it. They love it. 
and it got done to them. What what you did in the land run is exactly what Lincoln Riley did to you. But we can all team up together in wanting to see a USC not fail. I just I don't I don't care one way or the other for the most part. But I, I don't want to see Lincoln Riley get rewarded for the crap that he pulled. I don't. I don't really, you know, care one way or the other whether Caleb Williams is a, is the Heisman winning trophy quarterback or not. I don't care if you want to come steal um, our quote-unquote best linebacker at the time. And you know what's funny? I had this conversation with um, Boogie Sr. the other day. Everybody who left, even the ones who had good reason, and there were a few that did have good reason. I get it. But everybody who left very well could be sitting on a couch at this point in time next year kicking themselves for leaving Oklahoma State. And Bryson Green may not because was he going to beat out Jane Bray? Probably not. Was he going to beat out his brother, Blaine Green? Probably not. Was he going to even beat out somebody like a Dijon Stribling? Well, probably not, but do we even have Dijon Stribling? I don't know. Would he have beat out Talon Shetron? I don't think so. The boogie's a little bit different. Boogie has some versatility. Uh, boogie was super, super young. John Paul Richardson, you know, if we would have allowed him to stay at slot receiver, he'd still be on the roster. It is what it is. Maybe Casey Dunn knows better. I mean, I would say that Casey Dunn traditionally has a good track record of knowing what position people should play. But if we do go to Arlington, we do win a Big 12 title, we do make it into the playoff picture, or at least the conversation, and we are playing for another big-time New Year's Six bowl game, there are some of these young men that are going to look back on this season and say, Dag Nabbit, I shouldn't have done that. And if, and if and people want to throw Spencer in that in that that mix, I mean you can. Communication, communication, it's important. It's important in it's important in any relationship. It's definitely important to these young men as well. But no matter what the communication gap was, you know, I know, and they know. They're either going to look back on this and say, that was a terrible move. I shouldn't have done that. Or they're going to look back and say, you know what? This was the perfect fit. I'm glad that I ended up at XYZ University. You know, you know, you never know. But there will be some, for sure, that fall short. That watch Oklahoma State season this year and kick themselves. Uh, you know, I definitely think uh, Thomas Harper is another one of those. Now, he knew, he knew, Thomas knew what the safety room was. I think I, T. Hart, kind of like Bryson, knew that there's a high likelihood that he wouldn't be starting. So, like, again, some of them I get. Some of them make some sense. But some of them will also look back on this, and it will be a mistake. It is what it is. Anyways. All righty, y'all. Hey, was all we're going to have for this one. Tomorrow we got a treat. We were supposed to have Seth Duckworth on today. Um, he had to be all responsible and stuff and go to class or whatever. So we're going to we're going to shoot shoot that to, for for tomorrow. So 
Until tomorrow, I appreciate y'all tuning in. You know I love you. God bless. Go Pokes. You making Locked On Oklahoma State your first listen means a lot. I know you could be anywhere. You choose to be here. All right, y'all. Later, taters.